Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news. Well, hello, hello. This is producer Dave. I'm sitting in for Angie for now. She said she was going to be late. So uh, hopefully she'll make it here soon, maybe even during this segment. But um, I wanted to get started because we, uh, you know, this is radio and we're, we have time. That's right. We got a show to we do. Got, so got, the show must go on. Do, <laughs> no, uh, so I'm here with my very dear friend and good friend of the show, Donna Hetzler. Hello, Donna. Hey, it's so good to be here. Always. It just always encourages me and I leave with the spring in my step. So, Isn't so glad great? to be here. I do this show and it's like a, it's like a ministry to me and I didn't realize how much it was helping me for so long. And yeah. Then, Isn't like, it incredible it. how you'd like take away such encouragement right, after doing the so good news? The whole yeah, time, right? me too. And we're celebrating today, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, pretty much this whole week. So, um, yes. So this is one year since uh, my son was diagnosed with cancer. We call it D-Day. D-Day. Uh, um, I know. It was, pr- it was a pretty big deal. Um, we're still, you know, really deeply affected by it. We're still going through some treatments. And um, luckily, he's avoided chemo. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a really big one. I know our... The guy who uh, I took his place, who used to do this job, was Moose. Um, I remember Moose. Yeah, he's actually going through something very similar too with his son. Right. Um, they have it a little bit worse than we do, but we, we always keep hope, and you know, it's nice that we have this community and we have all our friends and do all this stuff. But it's been a a really crazy year for me. Yeah, take us back just a little bit because I remember getting that initial text and like my heart sinking and just dropping to my knees in prayer, and then seeing the other text from Beatrice and all of our good news gals just covering you in prayer but kind of take us are you okay emotionally to take us back yeah, to that no, spot I'm a little good, bit okay because it's hard right I do to get go back talking yeah. about it um in, in fact the good news story that I want to share with you today which is kind of because we wanted to talk about this but I it's it made me cry when I was recording it sure so it's it's it is very emotional it's really hard uh, to watch your little boy go through something so difficult um He's so sweet. You know, he's such a sweet little boy. I know. And you sent that picture of him in the <laughs> hospital and that sweet little face. It right. just, I melted. Oh my goodness. So anyway, a year ago, um, it was the 28th. So a year ago on Wednesday. Right. In a couple days. No, tomorrow. Anyway, um, I got, I got a call from daycare that his stomach had hurt my little, you know, he's just about to turn four so he's just before four so is my little three-year-old boy his stomach hurt really bad so he's going to be sent home from school and we're like well what's going on so i went and i just thought he needed to go potty or something i was actually trying to talk him out of going to the emergency room because uh he was just doubled over and he was crying he's crying he's crying and i was like well i don't know what to do i don't know what to do so i ended up taking him to the emergency care at children's hospital south it's not very far from my house and the amazing people there they're like oh well we didn't know we thought it was still just gas or something and um so they took an an x-ray to see if he was constipated of his like stomach and there and they noticed something the very very talented radiologist there noticed something in the top corner of of the x-ray um 
And so they took a chest x-ray and it revealed this huge tumor. Did your heart just sink at that I, I moment? Will, I, well, the thing was, so I was alone when I got, I picked my, my wife had to work late that day. And so I took both of my boys to the emergency room and then my wife got off and while we were sitting, this took hours and hours sitting in the, in the emergency room or in the emergency room room. Right. And then, um, well, my little one, he was even younger, uh, so he started getting really restless. I started getting late, didn't have any dinner, and we didn't know what to do. So I was like, okay, I'm not very good at sitting still, particularly in hospital rooms. So um, I took him home, actually. I took my little one home and while my wife stayed with my older son. And then she called me, and she's like, you have to get back here, you guys. And that's what – I mean, as soon as she called me, I was like, oh, my gosh, my, my heart jumped into my stomach. Yes. I didn't know what to do. Um, she, ha- she was rushed – all the way to Children's Hospital North in Aurora. They said, don't stop at home to get stuff. Don't stop for gas. Don't do anything. Just go straight there right now, right? Ooh, wow. So it was like, what? This is crazy. No way. Not my little boy, right? Especially from just a stomach ache and, right, okay, right. we'll just I get mean, this fixed and go home. And it turned out that the stomach ache really didn't have anything to do with the cancer. Okay, so that's like miracle number one, so right? We're going like, to be watching. So uh, we're going to look back at your life pass and, the, and those uh, road marks along this journey because there were so many little miracles sprinkled right. in there, right? So Right, when we would not have known, and this is a very fast-growing cancer, and then yeah. particularly his age, like this kind of cancer, it's called neuroblastoma, mm-hmm. um, and it affects very small children. You know, it's something that happens in intra, uh, like uh, in the womb. Okay. Um, so um, it happens, you know, at week five or whatever. One cell just mutates, and the rest of the cells don't recognize that it's mutated, and it just keeps going and lets it do it. And so it grew this big old tumor, and... Normally, uh, if you don't catch it before you're two, it's like really big, bad news. Yeah. And he was almost four. He's three days away from being four years old. And we're reading about this and learning about this. And we're like, oh, no, like this, like we don't know how bad it's going to be. And this kind of cancer is not easy. Um, so luckily, I mean, it's, it's, I had actually discovered this, too, just on my own reading. But there's several different kinds of this kind t- type of cancer. Interesting. And one in particular kind can make it go... Yeah, one in particular kind um, is not necessarily toxic for you. So it's not, it's what they call benign. Right. Um, so, but that's like very, very rare. Okay. It, it very, almost never happens. Anyway, um, so it came through that he was, in fact, affected with neuroblastoma. He had this huge tumor that we could see. We knew it was there. Um, and we didn't know what to do. And we are actually, this is the craziest part about the whole thing is just the way that my wife and I are, especially in kind of, uh, in these, uh, high stress situations, we both tend to kind of lighten the mood with a little bit of levity. We can be kind of silly and we jab, you know, we jab each other and razz each other a lot. Anyway, we were just kind of just there at the hospital room together and we knew, uh, we had this biopsy coming up. And uh, we had these other things. And so we knew that he was going to get a chest tube. And we were just like so nervous. We didn't know it was going to happen at this point. And um, everything was up in the air. We knew he had cancer, but we didn't know, you know, anything about what was happening. And then um, he got the biopsy and they were talking. They were looking at the at the, you know, he, he actually that was the hardest two days. Is he had this tube in his chest. He couldn't breathe because it was like in between his ribs and it went all the way into where they just cut a little piece of the tumor off and it bled all over the place. So it's like a funnel that funnels all the blood out. Right. Right. And it's very painful. And oh man, it was hard watching him. But then we were like waiting for these results. And the nurses were joking about me and my wife 
about how we are and just our attitude. And they were just kind of joking about us. And they were repeating something that we had said and they were laughing or whatever. And these doctors who aren't part of Children's Hospital just happened to be there. Right. So this is miracle too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and love it. And they were just like standing there with the other doctors. I mean, they were standing there with our doctor, uh, Dr. Savannah Ross. She's one of the most amazing doctors and most amazing people I've ever met. So full of compassion and knowledge. And anyway, um, but they were standing there and they're like, well, what are you talking about? Oh, here, let's look at Jason's case. And they started looking at it because we were getting ready. We we're going to put in a permanent IV. It's called a T-port. Uh-huh. It like goes underneath your collarbone and it's like a permanent port so you can get chemotherapy. Um, and then we were going to do some other things. And, you know, it's these really like we were still having trouble wrapping our heads around. And then these three doctors who just happened to be like one of them is like Austrian. Oh, and like they're from all over the world. The, they're the three like best heart tumor specialists in the whole world. Oh my goodness! They're just standing what right a there god coincidence the there! Right there. <laughs> just like all these weird coincidences. Yeah, like, obviously. And then they just looked and they're like, "No, wait, stop! Don't do the port. Don't do this. Don't do this." And then Doctor Ross is like, "Okay, like, what do you guys think?" And we're just like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's like let's." They're like, "Okay, we're gonna try this other thing, where they're gonna remove it, and it's called thoroscopic. They put these two cameras and these tools and kind of through the back so it's like minimize the amount of cutting you have to do and the biggest cut was where the tumor came out anyway they go in and they cut it and it turns out that it was half and half it was half neuroblastoma and half this called neuro something other blastoma i can't remember the other anyway the the benign kind it was half and half and so it was like turning itself into a a benign tumor that's so interesting. So it was already kind yeah. of doing all this stuff. And so if it wasn't like these really weird specific situations, then none of this would have been possible. And he would have had, you know, he'd still be going through. He'd be still be looking at probably another three years of at least three years of chemotherapy. Isn't that something how but, God just aligned all those circumstances for you? And you probably didn't see it in the moment. But when you look back, you're like, oh. God, you were really working in all of this. It I mean, was and, answered prayer along the way. The, like I wouldn't have been if I wasn't here at Crawford with all my wonderful Crawford yep. know, friends and family here at work. Um, I don't know if I would have been able to do it. I probably would have been fired from my job at any other job I've ever had anyway. Yeah. Um, and then plus you guys, all the good news ladies and Angie and Beatrice and just everybody and how everyone rallied for me. It was like this. It was amazing. You know, Jen in particular was. Oh, she's awesome. She was texting me. Yes. She was texting me separate from everybody else from all the different group texts. And so it was like this um like so much support that i don't even know was there right so that was i'm very grateful i'm still very grateful for all that so Uh, i'm really happy to have all all the good news ladies in my life like that and that was really really cool well and the good news about it is even when you're in the midst of these things you can watch for the fingerprints of god in your traumatic situation in your hurts and your trials everything that's going on watch for it because they're happening and sometimes i think our anxiety or our fear gets in the way of seeing what god's doing Doing. And it's always easier looking back, right? But if you can see some of those little things and cling on to hope and then celebrate those, it's, right. it's pretty well, awesome. I had this weird, I mean, I was nervous, I was scared, but I had this weird serenity. Like I knew it was going to be okay. Like no matter yeah. what happens, we're going to be, we're going to get through it as long as I have my, my kids and my friends and my, you know, all my family and my wife, and we're all going to be together and we're sticking together and nothing 
bad will happen. I mean, even if we have to go through hard times, it'll will end up okay. So yeah. I just had this weird serenity through, and normally I'm such a basket case. It was kind of weird. <laughs> so. Well, and I love that you introduced humor into all of this because I grew up with a mom who was very fearful, anxiety ridden, and so when something like that would happen, it'd be panic, or she would yell, you know, at us. And I, at a time where I just needed love and encouragement, nothing wrong with you know. I mean, right. she still loved me, but the way. I received that and, and responded well, we to that was different. So we deal with things differently, but right. I love the humor portion, you know, just like, okay, we're going to release some of this with just a little bit of laughter. And I think that's what God calls us to do is have that, those relief moments too in there. So right. I love that you and your wife were able to do that. And I think that's a really good segue to our, our clip today that I want to listen to. This Great. little girl is amazing. Just wait till you hear the amount of life in her voice. And just, she's so amazing. She had leukemia. And um, she's now re in recovery, but she started this whole thing where she's helping other kids because she can understand and relate to these other kids. And I'm so, so she... inspired by these kids who start this stuff. Let's hear it. I'm one of those kids who has cancer. 11-year-old Sadie Keller shared her battle with leukemia from her mom's closet. It's not really that scary because hair always grows back, you know? Her journey went viral. I just did it for fun, but... I really found out that it really helped a lot of people, which made me really happy because that is what I want to do. Hi! She's wow. now cancer free and fighting for other kids like her, founding a nonprofit, sponsoring holiday toy drives, and presenting gifts for reaching a treatment milestone to hundreds of kids. I saw CD rolling with a bike, and I was thinking, is that bike for me? I was shocked and I, th I thought it was so cool. Me giving them that gift, it's like, I know what you're feeling, so, and I know like you're in a really hard time right now, but you're gonna get through it. Kids with cancer got it rough. Sadie has also fought for more research funding from Capitol Hill to the White House. A lot of kids and parents, whenever their child is done with cancer. They don't want to talk about it at all. They just want to forget it. But that's not what I wanted to do. Sadie has been there for me throughout my entire treatment, and I couldn't be more grateful for her. And tonight, we are both standing here in front of you, cancer-free. I'm just a little 11-year-old girl just trying to make a difference in the world. <laughs> Don't you just love her spirit? Last year, Sadie collected more than 10,000 toys for kids with cancer, and this year's toy drive is already underway. Okay, I love her. She's, she's so great. stinking cute. She's so cute, too, and she's just yeah. so great. And, you know, and they showed video of her when she was first started treatment and then she, where she was going through, you know, when she's like, oh, don't worry about it. Hair grows back. I you know. know like, like, oh, my God, that's so, <laughs> so cute That's that childlike faith that I think that God tells us about is, you know, you've got to have that childlike faith in order to enter the kingdom. And she's like, yeah, hair grows back. It'll, it'll be fine, you know. Right, plus what she's doing with it, too, instead of, like, being like, oh, I had this and I want to play this victim person, then she's exactly. actually going out she's helping these other people who are affected by it in in very deep ways that kid when he gets the bike he's like is that for me oh my god right no, i don't ever had a bike right and going through cancer treatment to get a new bike and 
Well, and I also think there's an important message too, because the world tells us that it's not okay to cry or to be sad. Like with, I think of young girls in schools, like one of the girls will get sad and cry and they're like, don't cry. We want to patch it and make it feel better. And there's something really healing about sitting with that person and going, okay, I know you're crying. I know you're sad. You don't have to stop. I'm just going to sit here with you. And it felt like that's what she was doing. She's like, I know how you feel. Let's talk about it. I'll sit here with you in it. It's okay. You know, it's more of that than and shoving it under the rug, which, you know, the world just wants us to be happy and don't cry, don't be sad. Let's just cap this. And right. that's not healthy. I've actually been struggling with that whole phenomenon too lately is like the whether you are allowed to cry or not. You know, it's like, especially as boys have two little boys and right. boys aren't allowed to cry because you're supposed to look really tough or, or whatever all the time. And I completely am against that. I think that it, sometimes it's perfectly okay to cry. Yes. I don't think that it's okay to cry because you got a Batman cup instead of an Iron Man cup, <laughs> which I've had to deal with, or because you want five pieces of candy instead of one. Or an in sync soap dispenser <laughs> or not. <laughs> but I, I kind of have to walk that line right now because I want them to know it's okay to show emotions. It's right. okay to cry. But if something hurts you or if you're sad, that's one thing. But if you're just going to freak out and stomp your feet and cry because, you know, because your plastic cup has the wrong superhero on it, I want, you know, it's hard to balance that, especially for somebody who's only three years old. Yeah. I was just thinking that, Dave, before you said that, and I was going to ask you your opinion because Andre and I were having a conversation probably about a month ago, and that's something that he struggled with growing up. Um, he would cry a lot, but he his family would pick at him. So as he got older, he just became immune, like, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to cry. And then with everything that he's been going through, with his body that's something that you know i tell him andre you're human it's okay to let in he's like but everybody looks at me like this big strong guy and i'm but the bible says that jesus will wipe every tear from my eye and that crying is healing for the soul so i had to tell him that to make it be like okay <laughs> well jesus cried right yeah, he, he wept. wept yeah he wept. absolutely so if he wept I, I mean the rest of us i I just, I cry. I come to a point where I'm like, everybody's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just need a minute. I just got to cry. Nothing's wrong. And I just cry and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on. But there's, um, studies have shown that there's actually stress relieving like, um, properties in tears. So it actually helps you deal with the circumstance better if you if you actually cry mm. and have tears. Well, plus crying relieves, or, uh, like gives you dopamine, serotonin. Right. So it's make you just kind of feel better in your brain already. Yes. So, so there's a whole bunch of reasons stuff, why right. we should cry. Now, I will tell you, my husband, David, does not deal with my emotions well. <laughs> and I'm not a big crier. I'm not really emotional. But this year I have been. And his whole thing is to, like, put a lid on it. So here's his, his words. Don't cry. I'll buy you new shoes. <laughs> oh, so I've been using the Visine a lot lately. <laughs> I need some shoes. <laughs> I think I think that's something with men in general. Yes. Like because they always think Andre's always like, mind you, he's very strong. So if if I cry, he's like, don't cry. Wipe my face. And oh, I'm like, he's such a back, gentle like, giant. Like, but yeah, don't wipe my tears. Just smash <laughs> my face. But I like I tell my girls like, don't keep crying now. Don't go around sobbing. Well, but if you don't always... get the brand name shoes, you got to go around sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Like, don't carry it to a point. Well, right? that's what they say. There, you, you're, you're allowed to go to the land of sorrow. Just don't move there. 
Yeah, yeah that's right. good. That's yeah, I'm really like good. cry and keep it moving. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and I think with girls too, we're so hormonal. Right. And I have a 12 year old little girl who's now at that. She's at that stage. At that stage, mm -hmm. and she's like, I don't know why I'm crying. I don't. I said that's okay. I don't know why I cry either half the time. <laughs> you know, and and then it's okay. And I think that um, you know, it is a way to deal with hormones. We don't know why we are. It's a stress stress relief, and not to we feel bad that. that you feel crazy sometimes right and, and and sad and you don't know why you right. know right so but doesn't it help when you have somebody sitting in with you just just sometimes. be with me sometimes you know? sometimes, sometimes i need to be by myself yeah. <laughs> because it's irrational <laughs> i don't want people knowing i'm crazy yeah because exactly <laughs> sometimes yeah. sometimes um donna i want to cry by myself in my closet with yeah. my shoes <laughs> <laughs> with your shoes <laughs> and look around and say okay now i'm happy i only have 20 <laughs> pair <Yeah. laughs> This crying's good. Anyway, that takes us to the end of the oh. segment. Thank you all so much for being here on our one-year anniversary since D-Day, since the day Jason was diagnosed Yay. with cancer. Yay. Thank you, and Jesus. And I'm so happy you were all here, and uh, that's what makes me cry, just to let you know. Yeah, send a uh, note to Dave <laughs> and the good news on the website and congratulate him and Jason. That yes, would be super do. cool. I would love that. I would yes, Miss B, we cry. cry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and, uh, we'll see you all next time. And, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with some more good news. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? Three or three. Two three eight Jane. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big, medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll bring the truck right on over. What's yes, the number? Three zero three two three eight Jane. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. Three zero three two three eight Jane. Three zero three two three eight Jane. Arcthrift.org. Does oh. Arc make you feel special? Oh yeah, absolutely. I thought so. We are special. Arcthrift.org. As are you, ma'am. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for Arc? I love. Ark. God's Glory Boxes were started to help spread the glory of God, support Christian artists, and feed the hungry. At God's Glory Boxes, they get things from artists worldwide who share their love of God through their art, like paintings, jewelry, t-shirts, and pillowcases. Here's how it works. Go to the website godsglorybox.com. Choose a one-month, three-month, six-month, or 12-month subscription. Use the promo code GOODNEWS5 for $5 off a one-month subscription or GOODNEWS10 for $10 off a longer subscription. You can get God's Glory Boxes for yourself or as a gift, cancel whenever you want, and the best part is that for each box sold, God's Glory Boxes will donate five meals to hungry people in the community. Help spread God's glory today by starting your subscription at godsglorybox.com. And remember to use the promo codes GOODNEWS5 or GOODNEWS10 to take advantage of your special Good News discount. This is a very special season, Christmas and Thanksgiving. But do you know that a short plane ride from where you're sitting right now, kids live in desperation. In the country of Moldova, a communist country, poorest in the world, highest alcoholism rate on earth. 
and trafficked girls by the tens of thousands. Your giving today can transform an orphan's life from a life of being trafficked and used and abused up to 50 times a day into a princess of the kingdom of God. You have power in your giving today to change someone's life forever. KLTT.TheOrphansHands.org KLTT.TheOrphansHands.org or phone number 1-800-205-7100. Philip Cameron for The Orphan's Hands saying we appreciate you and Merry Christmas. Hello, hello. This is producer Dave. I'm sitting in for Angie right now. Um, This is actually going to be a brand new segment that we're going to have on the good news. Um, I'm going to be able to sit. A lot of times Angie can't be here for when we can schedule these special authors that we think our listeners, you guys, are all going to be very, very interested in. So we're going to set up a new style of segment where we get to talk to these authors, we get to tell you about their books, we get to actually dig real deep into their ideas so that you get a really good idea about what they do and why you want the book. And this book in particular that we're talking about today is really going to be a great book. I think everyone's going to be very interested in this. We're going to be talking to Michael Grady and about his book called Making God Part of Your Family. And it's something that... that not as many people focus on anymore. It's a, something that even people that go to church every week, even people that 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 are devout to Jesus and to the teachings of Jesus, and they listen to their pastor every week, they just don't read the Bible anymore. And Michael Grady is here. He's going to be telling us about how some people don't read the Bible, particularly young people don't read the Bible as much as they used to. Even older people don't read the Bible as much as they used to. And it's Michael's mission to get people to start reading the Bible every single day. And he's got special messages and he thinks he can help you connect your life to every story in the Bible. Isn't that right, Michael? Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you very much. And you're absolutely right. What a great introduction to what I'm trying to accomplish with my ministry is uh, to get the people to read the Bible together, uh, read it on their own, but even read it together as a family. Uh, So that, that is absolutely true. And I, do hope that I can change that concept of people to more enjoy the Bible and to have a better understanding of it. Right, right. And, and before we get really started into these ideas, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, how this passion grew in you? Okay, absolutely. Uh, my name is Michael Grady. I have been uh, uh, in the business world for over 40 years. I was a CPA and uh, did a lot of major consulting. Uh, my passion, though, was I always felt like I was in the full-time ministry, even though uh, I was in the business world, and uh, I always wanted to be active in my church. And uh, my, my Bible goes about times go back to when I was five years old. My mother started telling me the Bible stories, and I enjoyed them. And when I was twelve, she taught me into. Uh, I, I I actually did the Gettysburg Address uh, at church for a visiting pastor. And uh, he had some children's Bibles there afterwards, and I said, Mother, get the prize. Could I get that uh, children's Bible? And she said, yes, under one condition. You agree to read it every day. Well, I was one of those unusual ones that I took her up on that and I did <laughs> read the Bible most every day since 12 years old. Uh, then when I was 17, my mother said, all right, you've run to read the Bible, now it's time to study it. And she gave me a book by M.R. DeHaan, who started the radio Bible class now, the Daily Bread Ministries. And uh, it 
was name of it was Portraits of Christ in Genesis. And since I already liked the Old Testament, I thought that was tremendous, but he just opened my eyes to how the Old and the New Testament were tied together, and God's plan was there from the very beginning. And I got excited about it and wanted to start sharing it. And even at an early age, even in my early 20s, I started teaching and found out that people didn't read the Bible and weren't as interested in it as I was. And over the years, I've taught both 8- to 12-year-olds for over 30 years and adults for over 30 years. And neither side seems to want to spend the time reading the Bible. So I asked them why, and the answer was very consistent. I can't understand it. It's boring, and the Old Testament's not relevant. And I felt like I could change that perception. So uh, that's how my book got started, is to try to make uh, the, the story. I'm retelling the Old Testament stories, trying to make them more engaging, easier to understand. And each story, I point out how relevant they are to our daily lives, and I point out scriptures to how they tie the Old and New Testament together. So long answer to your question, but but no. excited about that's uh, exactly what you actually you mentioned something in there, and you mentioned the difference between reading and studying the Bible, which I think is a very important distinction for people. Um, when I was a kid, I actually had a children's Bible, but it was all illustrated with bunnies and stuff, and it was like told this weird version of the Easter story, and and it wasn't exactly teaching about the Bible. It just kind of overviewed what the Bible story was. And I think that until you really study what's in the Bible, it's very, very difficult to connect your life, everyday life here in 2018, to the Old Testament, to the story, even the story of Easter. Absolutely. And, and, I think and, we underestimate what children can do. That's why I've written this book on an adult level, because most most of our Bible story books or whatever are either written on a children's level or written to uh, are, are too detailed, and so what I wanted to do is write an adult book, but had a family flavor to it, so that the children, if the parents read it to the children, particularly eight to twelve year olds, they could understand it. I know that they can because I've been teaching them for thirty years, and we underestimate what they can solve. Now, granted, the adults will get something different out of some of the stories than the children, but that's what every time I read the Bible, I find something new and different. So that's not unique. And um, but I felt like it needed to be engaging, um, and so that I wanted to make it conversational. So each of the stories are conversational, so that it would, as you read it, you begin to talk about it. But I also wanted to try to keep them short. If you just read through it, it's fifteen minutes. If you uh, take the time to talk about it, like I did with my grandchildren when I started doing it with them, it would take thirty to forty-five minutes. Uh, so you can choose either one. If you really want to get into it, I actually have a subtitle. I call the book Making God Part of Your Family because I want the families to read it together. Um, But I have a subtitle, The Family Study Bible, because at the end of every uh, chapter, I have all the scriptures that I tied in to make the Old and New Testament tie together and point out how relevant they are. So you can really go look up all the scriptures and make it a true Bible study. That's amazing. There's so many facets to the way that you wrote this book and your focus of it. Um, one thing I'm sure you and you kind of touched on it just now, but one thing um, that I'm sure you talk about in the book that I haven't got to is sometimes showing my family the Bible, kind of connecting the stories of the Bible to our everyday lives and kind of keeping it involved. It can feel a lot like homework. I'll tell you, sometimes it can feel like I'm. it's a chore and it's difficult to keep people focused. Now, besides keeping them short, what other ways have you done 
in this book, can you maybe talk about some of the things that you've done to make it so that we can all find those important things and we can keep focused so that we can find all those important things, those new things that we re- that we see each time we read a different book of the Bible? Right, wonderful point. What I tried to do is ask questions in the middle of the story so that and make them relevant to our daily lives so that it wasn't be just a story, although I think the stories are interesting in and of themselves. But if you begin to point out how it can relate to you and ask those questions, it was amazing. When I sat down and read it with my granddaughters, I wasn't two or three paragraphs in before they were starting asking questions. And it was hard to get them to sit down and read it with me. But once I got them to sit down, we had a great time because it was an opportunity to car, uh, to bring up subjects that might not be so easy to bring up, uh, except, you know, the Bible covers a lot of different subjects, and not all of them are pretty. Uh, there, there's times I had one pastor tell me he read it with his grandchildren. He had two grandchildren that were the same age, 13, and they were talking about it. And one of them said, well, you know, this is not relevant to me and to us. And the other one picked up and says, yes, it is. You remember how you treated me the other day? That's exactly what this story is about. <laughs> so it, it, it stimulates the discussion. My point is, and I apologize for going on, but to stimulate the discussion, and, and what I try to do is make some small thought-provoking do, uh, doses. There are points there that I love bringing out that nobody had ever seen before. Uh, it, and I'll give a point or two, if you'd like for me to, to just to show you that there are things when you read it, you say, wow, I would have never understood that. Yes. Never would have seen that uh, together. That's actually, I was going to tie two questions together to get you to start doing that. First, um, one of the questions that, that I have here is, it's, you know, I've been asked this before, is like, why in the Bible are, is it all parables and imagery and symbols? Why couldn't some of the Bible be direct, like, hey, this is it? Um, and I'm, I hope you have an answer for that. But then also, what are some ways, for example, that you can use these stories in the Bible to connect us to them today? Absolutely. I, I, do, I do believe God chose, Jesus said he cho- chose to speak in parables. Some of them are mysteries, and I acknowledge that they're mysteries, but I think they're mysteries because we see everything from the world standpoint, and the world standpoint is not God's standpoint. And God actually, I believe, told these stories so that us simple-minded folks and looking at it from God's perspective would have a vision that he would reveal to us if we took the time to look at it. So the world's wisdom is what confuses us rather than God's wisdom, and I think that God's chosen to, to make them uh, for those that are foolish, wise, and those who are wise, foolish, uh, by giving us these words in, in parable form. But I also think that on the other side of your question is that I think sometimes when they tell stories, they're easier for us to get the connection. We can relate it to our lives. And like Jesus taught in parables, I believe, while I believe these stories are history, I believe God chose each of these stories to teach us something to help us point out how either we can live our lives better or how it's part of his plan of salvation. What better way when uh, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, uh, was that not just a beautiful picture of what God was going to do with his son? And I'm I, I just amazed that he would put that story in there. Uh, and But when you're trying to read that story, God's got so many details, more than just that major picture, uh, I point out in that story, there's just detail after detail that shows that God was says, I've got a plan, and Jesus is going to come to save you one day, and here's how that plan's going to come. And I try to point that out 
without trying to you don't have to be a theologian to do this i it's i will say that this because i'm a layman i try to write it on a layman's terms but it doesn't mean it's not deep and it doesn't mean that it doesn't have thought-provoking things to help us understand god better right uh, so that's a great point so everybody uh this is the good news with producer dave today and yeah, sitting in for angie austin i'm talking to author michael grady he wrote the book making god part of your family and it's a so it's a study guide slash really great way very approachable way to look at the bible and to get people more interested in reading it now michael you've mentioned that younger people in particular you mentioned in your notes that millennials in particular aren't reading the bible now, is is there anything other than just kind of a disconnect to it? I mean, some of these millennials go to church every week, but they're still not reading the Bible. And you say your book can help them do that. How do you think that can work? I think, well, I will tell you as a testimony from the—I also teach a 20, 20 to 30-year-old class uh, each week tonight, on, every Monday night. And what, one of the surprising things, even though I wrote it primarily for the family, I wanted any adult to read it that didn't know the Bible— and they're telling me, finally, I get what the Old Testament's about. I get what God's trying to get message he's trying to get across to us. Um, and so I think that will, is what I'm, I'm hoping will come out of this. Um, I've forgotten exactly what your specific question was uh, on that <laughs> point. Well, I, I was just I wondering believe. how something in your book that you can point to that maybe you'd want to reveal to somebody as to what they can tell their millennial friend or nephew or cousin or whoever why they could read the Bible and what they can get out of it and how they can get your book to help them connect their own lives to the Bible. Well, all right, and I thank you for repeating that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I think the reason they don't read it is because their parents didn't read it, and the parents don't think it's important, and church is not important as much as it was anymore. So while they go to church, they might go once a week or just to go listen, and nobody's given them that foundation that the Bible is the Word of God. And if you can understand and ha get them to challenge them to read it and see if it's not the Word of God, if God would speak to you on an individual basis, and I believe that's what He does through the words, because sometimes He'll speak to me in one passage and tell somebody else something different from that same passage, but always consistent with Him. And I believe that if they really understand that this is God's Word, it would change their life to read it. And my book is trying to help them, guide them to doing those things. One of my, one of my favorite stories is the story of the, uh, Joseph, the coat of many colors. He did everything right, and he still got into trouble. Uh, he was the favorite son, and so maybe he was a little bit boastful in that regard, but he was the favorite son, got sold into slavery, shouldn't have ever happened. But what did he do? He made the best of his circumstances. He was going to be the best slave he could, and he was rewarded with that for a while. But you know, sometimes in life, everything doesn't work out the way we want it to. And Joseph did everything right. And what did he do? His reward was getting thrown into the dungeon. And when he was in the dungeon, instead of giving up and complaining and grumbling, he said, I'm going to be the best person in jail that can be. And so he was able to get out of his jail and work and, and serve in the prison. And, you know, 13 years later, one day he woke up and he was the prime minister, or woke up, he one day let out of jail <laughs> and became the prime minister of Egypt, the greatest country in the world at the time, uh, because he was faithful to do God, to do what God had called him to do. He had had a vision from God, and he believed that vision. 
And I believe that what happened was, if he had not been working so hard during those years of slavery and in years of dungeon, he wouldn't have been ready to be prime minister. You wouldn't think living in a dungeon could prepare you, but if you could work with those people, you could work with anyone. Right. And when he came back, I think what so what a wonderful relevance that is to our lives. If we could have that attitude, how it would change how we deal with things. But you know, there's something even bigger. This talk in that story is that Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers. And one day he saved those same brothers that sold him into slavery. Isn't that a picture of what Christ has done it for us? It certainly is. The same it certainly people is. That sold Jesus into the cross, saved him. What God, what man meant for evil, God meant for good. Is what that story, kind of what Joseph tells his brothers when he says why he bothered to save them. So I think those that would, if that can't get you excited, I don't know. What <laughs> right. Well, I tell but, you what, I can hear I the passion in your voice. I can, I can feel. Uh, how this book will will speak to people and can get people that don't read the Bible to read the Bible. I One of the notes that I have here is that spending time with your family and putting God first will create a richer family life. It'll make you more peaceful. It'll bring you closer to God. It'll bring you closer to your family. And I think that's something that everyone can get out of this book, no matter how old you are, no matter what your age, no matter how big your family is. Now, everybody, I'm talking to my, Michael Grady. He wrote the book, Making God Part of Your Family. Uh, we only have about a minute left. Michael, can you tell us how we can get this book, where we can get it, and then maybe what's next for you? Uh, and then hopefully we'll be able to talk to you again here on The Good News. I'd love to. Uh, yes, you can get the uh, get it through Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any of the major bookstores. And the Christian bookstores, and a lot of the Christian bookstores have it. Uh, I have a website, www.michaelgrady.org. Uh, you can order the book um, by going to my website. Uh, they had uh, or emailing me at michael at michaelgrady.org. Uh, all those places will, will get you uh, to the book. And uh, yes, I actually do. This first book is the first five books of the Bible. Uh, tomorrow I have a conversation with my publisher. Uh, he, I am submitting the final manuscript to volume two. Um, I've already started working on volume three. Uh, that will get me through the Old Testament. So this will get, get you all the way through. But what a wonderful message that that God reveals to us through those first five books of the Bible, and, and I, I believe people will will really change their lives because it just it's God's word, it's not mine, it's God's word. All I, He just gave me the the privilege and the pleasure of uh, of sharing what He shared with me and putting it on paper. I did have one of my twenty year olds tell me we're talking about the passion. She said, "You know, I'm reading the book and." Michael Grady's coming out every time I see you teaching right in there. <laughs> so hopefully some of that passion got into the book to help people understand it and, and read it together. Thank you so much for the time. Right. Thank you so much, Michael Grady. And everybody, go get this book. It's a great book, Making God Part of Your Family. You can find it at michaelgrady.org. You can find it on Amazon. It's going to help so many people. Thanks again, Michael. And uh, we'll be right back with more good news. Rejuvenation on the Rocks is a cutting-edge medical facility in Greenwood Village that will help you look and feel your best. For years, Roxy O'Brien has been transforming lives using non-surgical, cutting-edge treatments like Botox, microderm treatments, facial fillers, and the revolutionary cool sculpting to help you look and feel the best you can. With these non-invasive and effective procedures, 
you will start to see a difference almost immediately. And right now, as a loyal Good News listener, you can get the Rejuvenation on the Rock special of Buy 3 Treatments and get one Cool Sculpting treatment free. Plus, all through the holidays, Roxy is offering an additional 15% off any treatment just for mentioning Angie Austin and Friends. Plus, all new clients will receive a free microderm treatment with the purchase of a Cool Sculpting package. Call Roxy at Rejuvenation on the Rocks at 720-328-9094 or go to Rejuvenation on the Rocks, that's rejuvenationontherox.com to schedule your special good news holiday treatments and be sure to tell Roxy you listen to Angie Austin and receive your special pricing deals. YMCA of the Rockies is the place to take your family. It's like a destination vacation in your own backyard. This year at SS Park Center, we'll be hosting family snowshoe hikes, backcountry ski meetups, outdoor winter survival trainings, winter ecology hikes, and much more. We'll have guest speakers, excursions for every level of experience, and demos by popular mountaineering equipment brands. Visit ymcarockies.org for more information. That's ymcarockies.org. O-R-G. They rot in institutions for years, sometimes for decades. At 16, they're given a ticket, a bus ticket. They stand at the bus station, and a car drives up and offers them a bogus job in places like Italy and Germany. And an innocent young girl goes into a car and is never seen again. She's beaten and raped and abused until she's brought to where she'll be sold, and they sell her 30 to 50 times a day. The Orphan's Hands have homes in Moldova where these young girls can come and be trained and saved. Your giving today can transform an orphan's life from a life of being trafficked and used and abused into a princess of the kingdom of God. You have power in your giving today. KLTT.TheOrphansHands.org or 1-800-205-7100. Philip Cameron for the Orphan's Hands saying we appreciate you and Merry Christmas. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Angie Austin here. You know, I travel a lot, but some of my favorite vacations are right here in Colorado. And we often go up to YMCA, the Rockies, as you know. I talk about it frequently. And uh, we go for holidays as well. So as you get into the colder months, you might think of, you know, going to the mountains and doing the hiking and such in the summer uh, and fall. But in the winter, there are other winter activities you can do. We often go up for Thanksgiving. And it's become kind of a tradition even to go up at Christmas as well. And so joining us is Lisa Nujar with YMCA, the Rockies. 
Cities. And Lisa, we um, do a lot of holidays up there. We've even done the Thanksgiving dinner at the Y, and it's really good. Holidays at the Y are really fun. I haven't had the opportunity to have the Thanksgiving dinner, but I hear wonderful things about it. So if you wanted to come up and have a really great meal and great time with your family, but not have to cook, it would be a great solution. Or if you did want to come up and cook, you get a cabin and the cabins have full kitchens. And so you could do your, your holiday meal there and all be together in a cabin. We're getting really excited about the holidays. We're starting to get snow and it's just getting really beautiful up here in a wintry kind of of way. Yeah. What are some of the things you can do? Because uh, last time we spoke, uh, we talked about like the Nordic Center. And as many times as I've been up there, we hadn't taken part in all the things offered there. So do you have any special events or activities or, uh, you know, uh, deals to draw people up there in the fall and winter months as we get into the chillier times? Yeah, for Snow Snow Mountain Ranch is where our Nordic Center is, and um, it will open on the 17th of November, and we'll start having uh, ski lessons, and guests who stay on property can ski for free. There's a small fee for renting the equipment, but the rental equipment is all available right there, and then access to the trails is no additional cost for anyone who's staying there. We will be holding some races, and the race series is listed on our um, website. It's a fun time to come up and just watch the skiers or participate. It's kind of like running a 5K. You can get get out there and just enjoy being in the outdoors and see what you can do and be part of an event. And that's a fun thing to do. Come up and stay for the weekend and participate in the race. So we'll have a bunch of those going on starting in January, um, February, March, have some of those races. So that'll be something fun to do. And then we'll um, We offer free lessons on Friday. If anyone's up there on Friday, we'll do free ski lessons just to get people oriented to cross-country skiing before they head out, out onto the trails. So there's just a lot to do. Now, people might think to themselves, well, I don't have cross-country skis, or I don't have snowshoes, or I don't have ice skates. That's not a problem. No, we rent all of that stuff. So they can just come down to the Nordic Center and we'll get them taking care of anything they need. And there's a small retail store there too. So if you forget a hat or gloves, we got you covered for that as well. All right. Now, in terms of the indoor activities too, it's pretty impressive how many things in the chillier weather you can do inside. Some of my favorites are going to the library and sitting by the fire. Both of your locations, Estes Park and Snow Mountain Ranch, have a great library and you can play chess in there. My mom will sit and read a book while my kids play Mm -hmm. chess. There's board games, there's markers. Sometimes they'll have like friendship bracelet, like twine out or whatever thread that you can make a bracelet. And then uh, there are other interesting things in the winter months like dog sledding that'll come up later in some of our conversations. We like to go into the um, indoor facilities where they have indoor rock climbing and uh, roller skating, but then there's ice skating. And last time I went, they didn't even charge us for the skates. Is that, and so that was you know kind of a perk as well. Right, yeah. If you're staying there, there's no charge for the skates. And so we have the, a covered uh, place to skate at both centers as well as the pond, Dorsey Pond at Estes Park Center. So it's the real, you know, outdoor skating on a pond experience, which is a real Colorado thing to do. And it's a lot of fun. It is. And we did broom ball there last year. There was broom oh, ball on that, that lake. Isn't that fun? Yeah, the kids had a blast. So you don't even need to skate. So they were just in their shoes playing broom ball. My husband was out there with my grown nephew and my little kids. And what a trip. Now, um, in terms of, uh, you know, the locations and what's available, I've stayed in the lodge rooms and the cabins. You've got the kitchen and the cabins, of course, and then separate bedrooms for everyone. And then the lodge rooms are quite adequate as well. Uh, we've got five people in our family. And we easily get five 
in there because there's an extra futon. Uh, and the rates uh, start at what? The rates start at um, this time of year about $129 a night. And go up from there. So um, for a lodge room, it would be about $129 a night. Um, different, certain weekends might be a little bit more if you're coming up for a holiday weekend, or it might be a little bit less if you can make it up midweek when it's nice and quiet and you have um, a lot of space just to yourself. Yeah, I recommend adding a couple of days on. We did a longer um, vacation over the summer, and just we just had the time of our lives. It was one of our best vacations ever. It was so much fun to just have time to do more things. All right, Lisa, where do they go for more info? Go to ymcarockies.org or snowmountainranch.org. Excellent. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.